guys. Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Rock Podcast presents Bump It a Bum, the Warband. As always, joining me in the Warband are my two compatriots, the Prince of Pustulance, David Wu. Hi. And our local get, Jason Carmen. How do? So, guys. Today we're going to have more of a relaxed episode, and we had talked about this previously, I think, off camera, um, but obviously, in the line of our our hobby requires, uh, well, doesn't necessarily require, but is heavily facilitated by one and one thing alone. Cheetos. Okay, not one and not one thing alone. Um, game stores. Oh yeah, those are cool too. The the the, the uh, proverbial um, gathering spot for a lot of us. Um, so today I kind of wanted to just talk about growing up, um, past, present, recent, uh, just game store stories. You know, things, that, something that stands out to you guys about your local game store because we are all in different places now so um well i'll start with you well i have a fun game store story all right Roland, you might remember this one this was a few years ago we were playing hero clicks because we was young and didn't know no better up in uh well whatever at our semi-local game store for a tournament i think this was Age of Ultron. Okay, uh, this was a uh, event. Think, what, what store was this? Uh, uh, that was D20. D20. I didn't know we were naming names. Yeah, D20 Hobbies up in lovely Lexington, Kentucky, next to, uh, uh, I think it's across the, across the street from the Shriner Temple. It's actually, if I, yeah, it's a very nice little game store. Oh, yeah. Great place. Love it. Um, and I remember I got a buy, I think, or maybe I was already finished my game. So I was sitting there watching you, just looking more and more, let's say, dour as your match progressed. Oh, no, I think you actually warned me about this before. This was the, the first match was fine. I yeah, remember, yeah, this I was the second I, round. Yeah, I remember, I remember the incident, what you're talking about now. Yeah, I warned you, but... Uh, in keeping with tradition, you didn't listen to me. There was and tragedy nothing, ensued. Uh, there was nothing you could warn about what was getting ready to happen. I mean, fair. And then I just saw you uh, pull the judge aside, have a little chat, and then just start packing your shit. Because uh, apparently your opponent's uh, area smelled just a little too bad. Oh. So I uh, kind of get an idea of what went on. Um, gentlemen, hygiene is a very, very important thing and what you should do if you go in public, mm -hmm. if it's to a game store, do not offend people with your odor, proper and bathing and deodorizing are, in, are pretty much mandatory to go into these places. Yeah, please stop perpetuating the stereotypes, people. Come on. Water is not a bad thing. Water is not a bad thing, but having the term gamer funk 
exist kind of is a bad thing. You know, it, it is. Um, it is, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad that they have to put in the Gen Con program guide, the little bit about, hey, your hotel has a shower and the soap is free, please use them both. And I think it's been there uh, the past few years, except for this year where it doesn't exist, so you can right. be all stinky at home all you want. But yeah, I, can almost, there... I can almost, I don't agree with it, but I can almost understand it more at Gen Con than I could definitely at the tournament. Because at Gen Con, you are walking around all day. You are busting your ass to get around that entire convention center. So you are sweating. You are kicking up a little bit of funk. That's why you need to keep an extra stick of deodorant with you. You know, keep that keep that funk on lockdown. But needless to say, this gentleman, uh, I had gotten a, after that first round, uh, I had gotten, uh, gotten word, if you have to go up against this guy, right through your mouth yeah so you get to taste his ball funk instead of smelling it it was this gentleman i i still don't know remember his name or anything i know his name but i'm but, gonna be polite and not out him well i'm not asking you to the issue we had was literally the fact that even if i did try to breathe through my mouth this guy was just it was bad enough i couldn't go on I, yeah. I literally couldn't. Uh, to the point it was like, I'm trying not to be rude mm -hmm. to the gentleman, you know, because I'm not, uh, I, I, I have been rude to people before over stuff like this. Um, so I've heard. Yeah. I mean, there, come on, there's a point. Um, we, yeah, we don't want to shame anybody, but just be aware. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I, I went through it as, as long as I could until I was just like, okay, we're I'm I'm done. Have a good day. Packed it up. I was done because I was like, all right, cool. So one and one. I'm not placing in the finals. That means I don't have to stay here any longer. I think that was our quickest tournament, Lou, and our quickest excursion to D20. Ah, uh, you might be right. I had one tournament that ended faster but it was it was a draft and I opened my first booster pull saw that the Chase Thanos was in the pack and the other guys at the table just went fuck it let's just not play and you know that's one of the actual sad things about some of those tournaments it's like they, they have those god ending pieces um so that was one story. I mean, was there any other kind of stories that you had about any of the game stores in previous history or, or anything like that or currently? Oh, gosh. Uh, see, I haven't been to the game store in so long because of, you know, the current apocalypse happening. Um, most of the uh, – we only have the one game store here in town now, and I've never had any problems there. But, I mean – in the place we used to play a couple of years ago, I mean, it was, that was just a rotating cast of, let's say, interesting folks. There was the guy who walked around with a pistol on his hip in front of the, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh kids. And... All right. So, well, how about, how about you, Carmen? There was a, there was one 
I went to in my youth frequently, uh, Helen's, Helen's, uh, is it just Helen's bookstore? I yep. think it was Helen's books. Yeah. That's, I think that was it. Yeah. So it was run by an elderly lady and her husband, uh, she sold D and D stuff and comics and magic cards. And, uh, I actually bought my first set of dice there. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I don't know if my first set of dice came from there, but I remember funnel funnel to bit. When I got my license, the first place I drove was to Helen's. Oh, good on you. I used to walk there from my house all the time. Like I would mow my neighbor's lawn and take take the money I made and go buy magic cards. And that was like a weekly thing. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, that was such a quaint little store, just little bookstore run out of this older couple's garage across from the sewage treatment plant. So in the summer, it was rough. Oh, it yeah. was a little rough. It was uh, wonderful. Man, she was such a daredevil because she would sit behind the counter, which was, for some reason was like three or four inches above oh, right, floor yeah. level. So she looked down on everyone else, newspaper in one hand, and a Virginia Slim that was smoked almost to the filter but had not been ashed once, literally surrounded by like Harlequin yeah, Harlequin romance novels lining the shelves, the perimeter of the store, just you know, just smoking away. Yep. It's either that or a TV guide. It was either it, she was always reading something. It was either like <laughs> a TV guide, a magazine, or a newspaper. It was never the stuff <laughs> she was selling in the store. Yep. Because yeah, well, sir, I love these people. I have nothing bad to say about them. Yeah, they were. But it was were... like. They were great people. I don't think they really understood the stuff they were selling. They just knew, eh, the kids like it, so we'll keep it. I remember seeing a lot of Kindred of the East books there, too. Yeah. Spelljammer, if you guys remember Spelljammer. Yeah. Yes. I bought yes. every Planescape product she had, and that was most of them. I don't remember buying a whole heck of a lot of Magic cards from her, because at that time, you know, I didn't really drive. Yeah. So it was kind of hard to get there. Um, but I think the reason that she did stay around as long as she did was just something to do, and mm -hmm. she made people happy. Yeah. Yeah, we need more stores like that. The other thing was, is that, man, on Fridays, uh, once school was out, when everybody was making that rush to either go get magic cards or what, parking could be kind of a, kind of a challenge. Hmm. I remember that. Yeah, there was space for maybe three, three cars. cars. Yeah. Yeah. I think because um, Helen's was big, you know, she, that was one place that I that served, that we all three had in common. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought of this one while we were talking, but London had something kind of similar that was in the uh, the Walmart shopping center at the time. Right. Uh, called. Plaza's book. If you guys remember that place, is that the one that was a half Hallmark store? It was where the old Walmart was. Yes, Plaza's yep. book and cards. That is where I found my first Magic: The Gathering booster box, Ooh. or not booster box, but starter box. Man, I miss those. Uh, for revised, and. 
little did I know that 20 some years later, I was going to be working at Radio Shack for the next uh, 10 years. Uh, it was literally like a door down uh, from uh, where Plaza's Book and Cards was. But the big game store that I remember, uh, one of the first ones that I actually went to, a legit game store, <clears throat> was in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, and as far as I know, it is Lexington's oldest game store. And I'm I, I, I daring to say the, their most successful game store, mm -hmm. the Rusty Scabbard. I'd say you're right on both points on that. Because the Rusty Scabbard, this would have been right as soon as they moved to that location of where they were. So this was like 95, 96. This has been 95 or 96, probably. Probably 96. I never went to the old location. I didn't know there was one. I knew they had moved because the very first time I went there was in 95. And I, had, I didn't go again until probably 10 years later and it didn't seem like the same place so yeah everywhere every time um i've been there it's been in that same spot right behind that gas station and that little shopping center mm -hmm. um i remember they had my buddies uh my buddy bought two or three booster packs of ice age this, that, this is going to date it because that was the big popular set at the time. Um, we were fresh out of a Star Trek convention. Wait, really? Yeah. It was uh, me and Travis uh, growing up. So we get there. Uh, we're looking around. Um, I also discovered the wondrous and most beautiful thing that any RPG nerd could ever find a used bin. Oh, yes. They still have that. Yes. Yes, they do. So, do you remember the, uh, and I still have these books still today, the uh, old first edition, no, we'll put that down. That's like Herpes the Games, Game World. Don't, don't, don't spread that around. You tried spreading those herpes. Do we want to talk about that story? Yeah, Roland. Anyway, how, how did that go for you? Yeah, why don't you tell us that story since we're telling stories about buying used games? I don't know how I came across a copy. Oh, I do. It was Gen Con. It was, was it you? Were you the one that gave me that? Or did I just randomly? No, no. Pick, oh, pick, I'll pick it up. No, I found it. I found it first, uh, I think, the previous summer for $2. And then you found one at Gen Con uh, the next summer. Yes, you, you paid half of what I did for it. Yeah, I paid a whole dollar for this book. Yeah, bring it up. It was this. It was this. Look at it. Using it as toilet paper is more beneficial than what it's actually meant to be. By the yeah. way... Leave a I comment in the section, section below if you so, want someday an actual play of Roland and Jason playing this game. You know, I actually, I, I don't know if uh, if that game is that, honestly, that bad. It probably isn't, but... You know, I, I just, I don't see that as an itch that needed to be scratched. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't either. 
they scratched that itch to the bone too if you've ever actually flipped through this book but roland finish your story what happened after you found this book this so book? you know i'm like you know what i'm just gonna just gonna give this away it's gonna yeah. be a great game because i'm notoriously bad especially with me and me and we do this a lot uh we will from time to time get each other just the dumbest weirdest cockamamie gifts for each yes. other I still have that DVD copy of Pumping Iron you gave me for my birthday that one year. That was awesome. I've actually watched that movie more times than I expected to, so thanks. So I, I decide it's Carmen's birthday. Yeah, so I guess for context, we all have birthdays right around the vicinity of Gen Con, so that's usually where we do our shopping. Yep. yep. So I'm Didn't like, turn out so, well this year. So I'm like, all right. This is what Carmen's getting for his birthday. I try to give him this book. And what was your reply? No, I'm good. But no, I insist. No, I'm good. I couldn't even get it into his house. If it had gotten to his house, it wouldn't probably wouldn't have left because I would have stashed it somewhere. But needless to say, I think I still have, I don't know if I still have that copy or if it wound up just miraculously disappearing. Miraculously? Um, like into the trash? Yeah, I, I don't, I have a problem with throwing away books. Yeah, I do too. But for, yeah. for, being, for being honest here, I was very insulted. <laughs> I mean, words can't describe how insulted I was. Yeah. Happy birthday. Like, Have this RPG book about monkeys. It's like one of one of my best friends thinks so little of me. Boy, howdy, <laughs> did it set the tone for the next few years. You missed out, though, because in the back of the book, there is this uh, order form where you can fax or mail payment if we're uh, dating ourselves for this Gorilla Shock Trooper miniature. I don't know if that's still available, but I highly friggin' doubt it. Uh, it should have an expiration. Uh, Maybe. Uh, well, it does not. So, uh, there's probably a warehouse full of those things somewhere. Don't say that, because then I'll <laughs> I'll look into it and I'll end up with you. You will find it. I will find it, and I will buy a crate of them, and then I will end up sleeping on the couch for a week and a half. Being forced to eat them to survive. I don't know how many pewter gorillas I can eat before I start to, you know, experience ill effects from that. Hmm. Probably not. Not a lot. I wouldn't imagine. More, probably more than I want to, but less than. Like, I, there would be leftovers. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? We we got an extremely good deal. Did we? These books are going for the cheapest I can find online. Mm -hmm. 11 bucks. They're not going anywhere for that. That, that might be the asking price, but they're not right. going anywhere. Right. They are staying where they are for $11. I want to <laughs> say this one has, oh, this one is a buy it now for $9.99. Ooh. There are, there are no auctions going currently for this book, $7.99. Oh, it keeps getting better. Oh, does it? You mean that's a refuse to buy it now? I think the. Uh... <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, um, 
the rusty scabbard has a real i'm kind of going to get a little little sentimental here um when i moved back from atlanta i've been living there for probably about four years four or five years um so when i got back to kentucky i was staying in richmond which is just a stone's throw away from lexington there we're there one afternoon and we actually had met a gentleman who was playing i want to say he was playing warhammer on the tables and it was josh Gurry, which was one of our one of our oldest friends um who is sadly no longer with us mm -hmm. um, but it, had it not been for that store i would have never met him yeah um, yeah you know i can say almost definitely that that's what he was doing there was playing warhammer because he's the one that got me into it yeah. kicking dragged me kicking and screaming into that game um and I, i've i've met a couple of really really good people come out of that store yeah yeah um and if i could call back to anyway one of the uh guys that i discussed that i had painted his name on one of my face marines you probably can't see it there there's his last name on the shield done that for a few of the guys who are no longer with us unfortunately but i just happened to have him handy and wanted to show him off a little bit and as a, as a matter of fact that's how i met joe too it's because of a game store he was actually working in one is that how you met him yep i walked into uh the game store in london and uh bought a beat all to piss magic card just because I'd never I hadn't seen it I'd only seen it once in my life and I was like there it is yeah I'll buy that just because I think it's you know it's just fun as a Phyrexian dreadnought like that, 12, I that. One, I think. it was 13 13 and he cost one I yeah. had him yeah I just and thought that was card awesome. was so cool so uh it was well since we're talking about Joe yeah, here's this guy. You, I know you definitely can't see. It's the Joe and the scroll work on the pauldron there, and a big A for auditor. Sassy is all get out and the pose, kind of fitting, I thought. I but think I, he, he should he should have a hand towel just for. Uh, <laughs> he should he should have a hand towel. For I mean, reasons we won't discuss, but it's yeah, that's yeah. that's uh. <laughs> That's a little inside baseball, and we're going to keep it that way for now. Yeah. And since we already showed off two out of three, we'll just say, you know, you can. Yeah, yeah you can. You definitely can. And for another one of our fallen gamer buddies, this one for Jeff, Jeff Eisen, sadly no longer with us. Yet another one that I think Josh uh, roped into playing Warhammer with us. And you know how he roped us in on that damn game was because of Dawn of War. Is that what it was? Yeah. I know we all played a bunch of Dawn of War. That was uh, that was my, one of my introductions in the 40K. But yeah, I mean, like, game stores for a long time have held a, has, has always held a special place in my heart. I like to go to them. Um, one, of, uh, one of those 
Uh, I actually, I occasionally go to a couple. I, I've had a run-in with one of them here recently. So normally I don't like being negative about things, um, but I want your guys' opinion on this, okay? So mm -hmm. that, that way, if, if I'm just being a shithead about it, then tell me. So recently, um, I, I've been buying magic, magic cards. So big nostalgia hit for me. And so I was trying to buy some old Alliance cards. Usually pennies on the dollar. Bought a couple of, bought um, Ritual of the Machine was one that uh, I was happy to finally get my hands on. It was a black control magic, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a card called Lake of the Dead that was a, it tapped for black and then you sacked it and you got three black men. Pretty common, or not common, it was, a, it was a rare out of that. But it's one of those I was trying to get a play set up. Because I've got two, I was trying to get two more out of them. So I could just be done if, if I wanted to, if I wanted to ever make kind of an older deck. Because I have been making some old school decks. Right. So anyways, I was going through and I was... Let me actually type this up. So I was actually looking up. Um, well, I wasn't looking up. I was, I was actually going in. I was looking for cards. So I found Lake of the Dead. I was like, you know what? I just need to get these last two and I'm done. So I'm talking to the guy. I'm going through a re revised box. I'm picking out all, picking out cards. And this is like my, my second trip in. And I'm clearing up, clearing up revised and uh, some unlimited cards. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to pick up a couple lakes of the dead. And he's like, oh yeah, no problem. I was like, so while I'm buying up these cards, I just want to make sure how are you got how do you guys get your pricing? Because I'm I'm there's nothing priced in the cases. There are no price tags at all on on any of the cards. And he's like, oh, it's simple. Download the TCG player app. Um, and we go by TCG player market price. I'm like, okay. And I hadn't got the app downloaded. I was like, well, while I'm going through this, um, if you want to go ahead and, uh, I'm going to need at least two lakes of the dead. Um, that way I can finish up everything. He's like, I was like, so how much are the lake of the dead? He's like, I think they went up. I was like, yeah, that's probably true. Most magic cards, especially right now, for whatever reason, are just, they're going up the price on a lot of the old stuff's just continually going up. Um, so he looks at me and goes, Oh yeah. Uh, Lake of the dead. Oh, it did go up. It's $44 is the market value price. I'm like, Shit. cause originally when I was starting to look into buying them again, they were 34, but I was like 44. It's 10 more. Sure. No problem. Go ahead and start getting me, you know, get them ready. Well, he doesn't even get them out. It's like, oh, no, we can't do that one. I'm like, well, why? He's like, other people are selling these for $60 or $70. Here we got one for 70-something dollars. I'm like, okay, your pricing model that you just told me, though, is literally TCG players market value, fair market value price is what you use to price your cards. Mm. Well, not in this case, because everyone else is selling them at a higher rate. 
I'm like, hmm. So literally you just decided you wanted to try to get an extra 20, 30 bucks out of me at that point. So this gentleman decided to do this, which ultimately meant I just stopped buying. I was like, yeah, I can give Jeff Bezos or somebody else money. I'm just whatever. I'm not. And it's not the fact that the price was that high. That was, I was told one thing and then immediately was told something entirely different. Right. That's where, that's what got me. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, TCG player market value for that is in order to protect buyers, i.e. me, from inflated uh, prices due to market buyouts. Because in back in the, if I remember right, back in like 2015, people were going in and they were targeting certain cards and just buying them up and buying them out of the market which caused the prices to just spike overnight. Uh, the first one of those was Moat. Moat used to be a $300 Legends card. It went from $300 to $750 over, like $700 something overnight, because overnight, every single online retailer went completely out of stock overnight, because it was a planned buyout. So TCG players, some of these other places started setting up market value as that's what the market value is, that's what your card's gonna be worth. That's what, that's what the price should be. So it would keep some, now over time, that value would go up because if those cards are selling and not getting introduced back into the market, the only sales they have to go off of are those prices. Mm -hmm. so it's not gonna go boop, and then the market gets flooded back in and the price, you know, floors out, it's going to eventually, the market value does trend up. But, and that I may be totally wrong on this, but from what I've gathered, that's how, how some of those things are set up. So it just really rubbed me the wrong way that when I look, when I pulled it up, I was like, all right, so that is $44.90 or $44 and odd change. And the buy list price on that was 16 bucks. So all of a sudden, and then I looked through the store and he was right. The some stores were selling for 60 and 70 bucks because apparently uh, some card had come out um, and people were just buying that card up. Uh, but it was just, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. If he'd have been like, you know what? I misspoke because I've run stores before and I've yeah. been in sales and I even sold cards online. So, you know what? If my, if my price was wrong, and I told that to you, guess what? I ate it. Because yeah. that's how you do business. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So if he'd been like, you know what? Hey. And this is what he told me. He's like, you know what? I can't do it. It's gonna have to, I'm, I'm gonna, it's gonna be 60 some dollars, 70 some dollars. I could probably get you a beat up, really rough one for about 40. I'm like, nah, man, I'm good. So I just backed off of it. So that guy literally lost out. That store lost a potential. Well, he did not, or he lost actual, a larger revenue off that, off of 20, 30 bucks. He let 20, 30 bucks stand between him 
and a few hundred dollars or a hundred plus dollars because I was going to pull out a stack of revised cards. It was bonus, you know, my bonus check rolled in. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's cash some of these cards out because the great thing is they don't make these cards no more. So boom, boom, I'm good. I don't need to continually rebuy them because right. I'm, I, I like to hoard cards like the old stuff like that. But he went, he, he literally left, let that bar him, bar me from actually wanting to spend money with that store ever again. Um, so what my thought was, Hey, you say, you know what? We're going to let one go for 44. I can't let two go for 44. So I can let one of these go at 44 and show a sign of good faith to work with somebody. Work with your customers. Don't just try to hose them. Has that been that? We've been fine. So right. legit, legit question. Am I in the wrong on that? No. No, not, not at all. Uh, I, w- I would have done the same thing probably because yeah. when I look at it, if someone comes into your store and it's something with a fluctuating price and they ask, hey, how much is this thing? If you're not 100% sure, you say, hey, let me check. Mm-hmm. Don't say, oh, I think it's uh, $44. Oh, wait, no, this guy wants 60 so I want 62 Yeah. yeah. You don't do don't that. Don't just tell them it's the market value of something. And that's, that's everything in the cases, market value of whatever TCG player says. Then I tell you I want it, and you immediately freaking change it. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's, uh, that's dirty. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. Uh, that's why I take my money to some of these mom and pop shops that at least they price the cards, and they know what they've got in it. Yeah, and I it, would rather give my money to a mom and pop shop anyway because – well, I mean, technically, I mean, technically, it's a card store, so it is a mom and pop shop. But they have like these guys have like multiple employees and stuff like that. And I, I, it just, I, it has rubbed me the wrong way. See, and this is why I don't miss collectible games. I only play one game uh, that is still considered collectible, and that is rare. I play uh, UFS occasionally, which doesn't have nearly the predatory secondary market value that Magic does. Yeah. Because if, I, you know, if it's like, we stopped playing Heroclix and started playing Warhammer. If I want a certain Warhammer figure, I can just go buy it. I don't have to buy pack after pack after pack hoping to get them. And then when I don't get them, go spend 70 bucks uh, on eBay, giving it to someone who was lucky enough to pull it or bought enough cases to where he could just list them, you know? Some of the uh, card games that I have played in the past and some I do like L5R and uh, Vampire Eternal Struggle have switched to the living card game format and I think that's really better for everyone except for you know card you know resellers I will say the the good thing about this though it has kind of soured me up to the point I've got my collection of what I really really super wanted there are still a few things out there I'd always like to get back yeah I have them and the way the market is right now, the market is so volatile, uh, it's actually pricing me back out of magic, which is w- what happened the first time around. Uh, the market is, the secondary market on these cards are creeping up so high that, yeah, I could I could get, I could stay in. 
but the cost of the the cost is getting too high for me to want to stay in. So great thing is gives me a chance to get back to my war get back to my models. Yeah. I gotta so. tell you, I was only in magic in earnest for a year. <laughs> was it that that brief? Yeah. Christ. I, actually no, it was two years. I was into I was into Heroclix for about a year. It was a really brief amount of time, but it just seemed so much longer. But, time back then, time back then was so went by so slow. Yeah, I remember when I started playing Magic. The oh my god, the the Black Lotus had a secondary market value like the princely sum of ninety dollars. Dude, which, when you're fifteen years old. <laughs> Might as well be a million. It might as well be a million. I was um, at the Corbin Library, and I see my first Black Lotus dude had it in one of those like screw down slabs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think this was right at the ass end of revised or right around revised. He's like, yeah, I would look to go um, for probably about a hundred and fifty. And I looked at him, and I was like, "There's no." There's no way I will give a hundred and fifty dollars for a piece of cardboard. Yeah. Fast forward to twenty twenty, where the, he could just use that as a down payment for a house. I know, buddy. If I had, if I bought that, you would have all kinds of cool cat toys by now. I remember buying a Shiv and Dragon for I think twenty five dollars back wow. then. I was like, that's a lot of money for a piece of cardboard. Yeah. See, I, I, I felt bad about it legitimately, but then, you know, I got over it. <laughs> yeah, I, I always wanted a Shiv and Dragon back in the day, but it was $25, and I was like, well, there's just no way. I, yeah. I can't do that. Because uh, I didn't have a job, and if I did, you know, 25 bucks for one card, you know. It was a lot. This is something I, I, I think would be beneficial for us going forward. Uh, <clears throat> First things first, I'm going to say this, and I want to preface this by saying we are not professional painters. We are not professional hobbyists. Um, everything that I say is not meant to be taken in that context. I am not saying that I am a better painter than anyone by no stretch of the imagination. Um, so I just, I, I want to preface that, you know, I'm not some expert the things, the tips and the little things that I, I dole out are little quirky things that I've come up with just during my time in the hobby to help. Maybe you can take this information and it will work for you. And what I tell everybody, especially when they're in the hobby, take the few tips and rules and just make it your own. Make it your own and, and use it. Um, and this is not going to be the, you know, too thin coats kind of thing or, or thin paints because a lot of us, I mean, everybody, if you get online and you even see that, that's always something that, that that's almost fundamentally preached nowadays. Yeah, that is the chief uh, uh, painting tip, thin your paints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was a couple of things I was going to talk about, but one was, uh, so... Tesseract glow. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, this stuff separates like a son of a gun. Do you have yours available, Carmen? Yeah. 
I did not shake it either. So take a take a look at that. And that is unopened, correct? Uh, correct. So not open it yet. It is definitely green and yellow. So uh, it's like so it's like the Italian dressing of paint. Yeah. Hmm. So there are a couple of things that are actually made. Um, trying to remember. Uh, you can buy these right here on Amazon. Mm. This right here is a wonderful little little device. It's for and nail this, polish, isn't it? Yep. This is Thanks called the Mini Vortex Mixer. So it's like for nail polish and things like this. Kind of heavy. So it obviously plugs in, but you lay it down like so. You take whatever bottle you have. And this... I was impressed with this because I had taken snake bite leather, the original, not the original GW, but it was the GW paint, not the contrast paint. They wanted some of their old brown paint and put it on this thing. And it took a few minutes. Well, it took more than just a couple of seconds to get it to actually mix because yes. that stuff had separated and started to really thicken up. This has made it easy for me to bring paints back to life. All you have to do is simply take it, set it down like so, and then with your finger, press down on it. Hmm. And, hey, look. So you just, and you can hear that, I'm sure. What it is, there's a little nodule motor that just runs around and it spins the contents of the bottle on the inside. Mix of paint like that. That has brought so many of my paints back to life so freaking quick. Neat. So, what? Um, and then the other thing is, uh, and th this is something I, I, I try to do. I had seen this on a couple of websites about making marble floored looking basin, texture basins. So let me see if I can find one that actually looks. Here we go. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. If you guys can see this. Yeah, I love this. This right here tried to give it a marble-style look. Now, I had seen a couple of things. People, every, every one of these guys had used airbrushes and inks to do this. And I have an airbrush. I don't have time for that. I want – and I – I don't, I want to make things as cheap and as quick as possible. Yes. So if you look at this, this is a bunch of dryer lint that I've used. Now, as you can tell, I have really stretched a lot of that dryer lint out. Is that lint or is that a used dryer sheet? Or dryer sheet, I'm sorry. I was going to say, if you're using the old dryer lint, we're... Dryer lint. Guys, just so you all know, I do work first shift, uh, first and second shift, and it's 1230 in the morning here. So I do apologize. But no, this is a dryer, uh, dryer sheet that I have pulled apart. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, you can still kind of see it's... There's still some texture there. So all these guys yeah. take dryer sheets and lay them down. They hit hit it with the airbrush with the color, move it around, hit it again, move it around, hit it again. What I did was I took 
um, army painter skeleton, um, the, their skeleton bone color, uh, GW's white scar on a black surface. And I literally, it was literally, and I, I think I also hit it with a couple of, maybe a little bit of gray, just a very damp. But I would take it, stretch it, hit it with the paint, with, with the spray paint, let it sit for a second, peel this off, reapply it, hit it again, peel it off, reapply it. And I was, I was really impressed with it. I, like I said, I, to me, it looks like a decent marble finish. It's, it's yeah. not, I don't think it's as great as some of the guys I've seen in the tutorial, but you know what, for the time, I, and, and the fact that anyone can do this, yeah, because anybody there's no really barrier to entry. If you are if you are a mini painter, you already have pre, uh, you already have cans of primer, dryer sheet, you're good to go. No 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 fancy yeah. inks, no fancy airbrushes. There you go. So that that was that was a little thing there. Yeah, I like that a lot. That is really cool. Yeah. And now, granted, the smaller you get, sometimes the uh, the weirder the textures might come out. And it, it's 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 not going to be perfect every time. So it's kind of like a yeah, it's a learning experience really with it. Now, granted, some of those dryer sheets have been through the dryer twice. Ah. Forgotten to <laughs> uh, forgotten to pull them out. Yeah. And then, you know, you just, you work with it. You don't rip it apart, but you, you loosen it up. That way you, you're making sure the paint's getting in there, but you're still leaving something textured. Right. Yeah. Um, but those are, those are a couple of tips and little doodads and things that I do to kind of help, help out. I've got one. It's not, it's, it's, it, it's pretty much a re uh, requirement for me at this point, but magnifier. Oh yeah. I cannot paint without one of these, but I have astigmatism and it makes it very difficult to focus on things that are close. I, it has to be a certain distance from my eyes before. Yeah. Yep, I got one too. It's just not at arm's reach. Yeah, so this these, is. these are, yeah, <laughs> always. These are about 15 bucks. It's probably the best fifteen dollars I've spent in this hobby. Absolutely yeah. worth it. Yeah, and it has a light. Like this specific, this particular one is rechargeable, so you don't have to keep cramming batteries into it. But uh, if you have uh, difficulty in you know seeing the finer details on your your models. Mm -hmm. uh, that's definitely a must-have. I couldn't recommend it more. I use mine uh, where I, you know, did all those blood angels and have all the freaking scroll work and stuff on their armor. Mm -hmm. you know, I would throw that on uh, when I was trying to write lettering on it. And uh, it's good for when you're really trying to dot those eyes. And cross the tiny T's. Yeah, yeah, there were some tiny T's too. Because <laughs> there are a few things more frustrating than all right, I've got a space almost perfect. I just have to get pupils on and dot dot. Now he looks like he's on meth. 
and you have to start all over. I gotta say, that's that's another thing. As I never paint the eyes, I never put the pupils in eyes. I just it's. Uh, I do the pupils whenever I feel like I have to. Um, there's always that one jackass who's running around without his helmet on in every box of Space Marines. Um, I don't know why that <laughs> is. We've taken these futuristic metals and made you a helmet that can repel almost any type of small arms fire. Good, I will hang it on my belt. I think it actually is arrogance. It is. <laughs> um, yeah, they don't think they can be hurt by, you know, whatever's trying to kill them. So you gotta think, some of these guys have lived, fought for over 200 years. Yeah. So it's like, they're full of their own shit. Yeah. Um, but I guess with that, it going, going into the close, it's starting to get super late here. Um, I think this is going to be a good spot to tell everybody good night and first things first whatever your hobby is have fun doing it especially now this is a rough year for us and yeah yeah i mean just become engrossed in it get some stuff done it's like the perfect time you know yeah especially where fun is kind of hard to come by these days so yeah it's in short supply Guys, yeah. we've been training for this our whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> Miniature painting. Definitely. Um, but everybody, please stay safe. Stay healthy. This is Roland for the War Band signing out. Guys, you all have a good night. Take care, everybody. See you, guys. Oh, oh, let me say the thing. Like, share, and subscribe. Right? That's, that's the line, right? That's it. Smash the like button. And ring that bell. Take the like button to pound town. I mean, by dinner first, I guess.